Good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode 149 of the Ask the Coach Show, where ping skills helps you improve your table tennis. Now, 149 is the 35th prime number, and with the next prime number, 151, is a twin prime. And also, since 149 backwards, 941 is also a prime, 149 is an emerp which is prime spelled backwards. That is exciting. Well, it's Throwback Thursday, and we're going to talk about the most important skill in table tennis. In the questions, we'll discuss the differences in style between the top men and the top women, why Mima Ito is so good at such a young age, and whether funny rubbers are going to be banned this year. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, Super Coach Alois Rosario is here with me to answer your questions. Welcome, Alois. Uh, thanks, Jeff. An emerp, right? An That's emerp. right. Yeah, because 149 and backwards is 941, and they're both prime numbers. So it's a prime and then prime spelled backwards in emerp. Yeah, that's no, that's fantastic. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. That's good. An emerp. See, you're, you're broadening my vocabulary. Yes, well. indeed. It's yeah. pretty exciting. Yeah, well, no, I, do you have anything about this day in history? Uh, yeah, really interesting today. Today in history, I'm just flogging through and trying to find it. Uh, this day in history, very interesting, Jeff. Um, Percy LeBaron Spencer was born. Now, you may ask, who the hell is Percy LeBaron Spencer? Well, he was the inventor of the microwave oven. So how it happened, and this is interesting, um, he was working as an engineer um, and experimenting and testing a magnetron. Now, what happened was he, um, he put this magnetron in his pocket along with a chocolate and he found that the chocolate bar had melted. So he made the connection between the melted chocolate and the heat-producing magnetron. So there you go. And he even tested it with popcorn, and it worked with popcorn too. So very important day in history. Percy LeBaron Spencer was born. Imagine what we, where we would be without the microwave, Jeffrey. Just imagining it now, yeah. I, it's it's handy. I don't think it's you know the best thing ever. It's not. It's good. Um, think know. about the hours of your life it saved, and the and and you can train more because you can just like after training you can just come home, stick your dinner in the microwave, and you've got it done. Imagine if you couldn't do that, you'd have to cut your training time like in half to get home in time to. Heat it up in an old-fashioned oven. Imagine that, Jeffrey. Indeed. Thank you. you from all the table tennis players. You have improved the level of table tennis in the world. Indeed. Well done, Percy. All righty. Um, let's move on to yesterday's Ping Skillers question of the day, Alice, which was, what rules in world sport are consistently overlooked and turned a blind eye to? Well, um, Trevor, Trevor Hurth was the, uh, the chap that uh, gave us the idea for this one, and he's put a comment on the Facebook page. He said there are two in cricket that he's thought of. One, the bowler using an illegal action, so throwing in cricket, and also the man-cad rule. Now, the man-cad rule, uh, 
cricket fans will know about this, is when the uh, batsman creeps uh, out of his crease on the no at the, on the non-striker's end. Um, so those two things, yeah, they are um, disregarded a bit, and you know, often uh, players are creeping out of their uh, crease. Now, for you guys in the US um, that don't know anything about cricket, that was just probably like Jeff talking about those numbers. Probably made no sense at all. But anyway, there were there were other comments, um, and a lot of it uh, were, were was around uh, the service rule. And you know, when uh, when I put that up, I thought, yeah, definitely serving is going to be given a, a bit of a run here. So Pedro said, hiding the serve, true, doesn't get picked up very often. Uh, Brendan said the trajectory of the ball thrown up for a serve in TT and that, Brendan, is my pet one as well. That's the one that, that never gets uh, picked up in table tennis and then they pick up a whole lot of other things. Mitch Allender um, said a massive problem at our club because people choose to ignore the rules of illegal serving but it happens everywhere and nothing ever gets done about it. Bob York said serving with lots of exclamation marks and Alan said them serves need to be watched. Um, and on our blog, um, let me just have a look for it, um, yeah on the blog uh, we had a comment um, from Johan but not about that question. There you That's go, Jeff. Right. Um, Johan was suggesting that your day in history wasn't that interesting, wasn't he? No, 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 no. Not exactly, Jeffrey. Now, you sound like a politician. What he did say was um, that this day in table tennis history would be interesting. So, uh, you know, maybe a slight variation of my interesting theme. <laughs> Indeed. I think it would be um, quite interesting. I'm just wondering, you know, if do we have enough events in table tennis to to actually do that? And where would you find that information out? We should have That's a look good. at that, Alice. Yeah, very good question, yes. Um, we'll see. All right, let's move on to the Pink Skillers question of the day, which is, are there any new regular segments that you would like to see in the Ask the Coach show? So as always, you can uh, get involved on our Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash pingskills, or directly on the PingSkills website. So go to pingskills.com and click on the blog link. Love to yeah, hear your so, uh, Yeah, so what we try to do at the moment and some suggestions that we've had and that we've started. Um, so on the Mondays, we try to review the um, tournament from the previous week, if there is one. Um, Tuesday is Technique Tuesday. Um, Wednesday, we do a Drill of the Week. And Thursday is Throwback Thursday, where we um, have a look at an old um, video of ours or an old, um, yeah, old blog or something like that. So that's uh, that's what we've got at the moment. So, But I, I really like the concept of the segments, Jeff, and I think it's something that we can really build on and make it, um, make it even more interesting for our viewers, listeners. Sounds good. And because it is Throwback Thursday, let's look at the most important skill alloys. Yeah, so this is an interesting one. Like we made, we made the original um, video, the most important skill, a million years ago. And if you have a look at the original one, which probably a little bit harder to find now, it's probably the worst video we've ever made. Like it was, you know, it was shocking. It was like bad, bad um, quality 
video, in bad sound, everything. But, but the message obviously hit a chord with a lot of people because it was always one of our best um, watch uh, videos. So the the message of the the most important skill is that. Oh no, Alice, you were just about to give us the message of the most important skill and you cut out. This I'm is back. terrible for our viewers. Now they're not going to know what the most important skill is. Am I back? Am I back? Surely back. I'm back. Good. Okay. Um, so the most important skill is to be able to put the ball on the table consistently. Now that is really important because if you if you can't do that, then everything else becomes difficult. So first up, really focus hard on just being able to control that ball well enough to keep it on the table. There it is. Very good. And that leads in nicely, Alois, to me talking about the Ping Skills Premium Membership. And in the Ping Skills Premium Membership, you get access to a whole lot of videos. And one set of videos is a 52-week training plan. And the first four weeks of that training plan focus on consistency. So it really ties into that most important skill. If you're interested in taking your game to the next level, try out our premium membership. It's not just the 52-week training plan. We've got a whole series on serving, a whole series on returning serves. There's match strategy videos, sports psychology videos, Lots of stuff to help you take your game to the next level. So go to pingskills.com and check out the premium membership. All right, Alois, let's move on to some questions. And first up is a question from Chi. And Chi says, can you make a guess who is going to win next year's Olympic Games? Whoa, that's an interesting question. Why don't we put that in as our... Ping skills question of the day for tomorrow. Yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not going to give you my answer now because I know who's going to win it, but I'm not going to give you the answer. Of course you do. Excellent. All right. There you go, T. You'll have to um, wait a little bit longer. But thanks for the idea. Now, Brock has asked the question. He says, how do I reverse the same spin back to my opponent? Okay, interesting. I'm not 100% sure what you mean there, Brocky, but um, yeah, so if if your opponent plays with spin, so plays with some side spin perhaps, what you need to do is is just use the, utilize the angle of your bat. Now, if you just push that back like that, the ball will still have some side spin on it. So you're basically giving um, your opponent some spin back as well and reversing the spin. The other thing you can do is have a really soft... Um, hand and just tap the ball back and if you can control the ball back well enough um, it'll again it'll still have um, a lot of spin on the ball and it'll break sideways uh, when it hits their table so that's probably the best way to or the best two ways to to give your opponent their spin back what we don't recommend is if they give you a spin is to try and spin it back because if, if you're doing that it's becoming a really low um, percentage shot. So, yeah, so just utilise the angle of your racket rather than trying to spin the ball back. Yeah, I mean, I'm not exactly sure what Brock meant either, Alice, but I guess if someone pushes you a ball and you push it back, uh, technically that's reversing the spin and that's fine, isn't it? 
Yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, if they're giving you backspin and you're backspinning the ball back, then yes, um, you, you're giving them their spin back as well. So, yeah. Yeah, but I guess people shouldn't really be thinking about reversing the spin or it does get too complicated, doesn't it? I guess you need to think about like either attacking yourself, which means you're going to play a topspin stroke. Um, so then you're really just focusing on top spinning it and you're not really too concerned about reversing the spin or not. Of course, you need to take into consideration what spins on the ball. But I think it's kind of easier just to think in terms of like attack or defence. And if you're defending, maybe you want to put backspin on the ball. Does that kind of simplify things, Alex? Yeah, yeah, I think that that does. And um, Brock, you can let us know if you if that's uh, cleared up your question anyway. I'm sure you're still on there, and you and you you'll put a comment on, won't you? Indeed, yes. So Brock and she are asking questions live on the show, and anybody can do that by going to our Google Plus page. And the easiest way to find our Google Plus page is go to pingskills.com, scroll down to our footer, and you'll see a little Google Plus icon. Click on that, and then you'll see our show where you can click on the Q&A button to ask us a question live. All right. Now let's move on to a question from Bertus Alois, who says, why do women play table tennis the way they do, with fast counter hits rather than top spins? I've seen Chinese women like Ding Ning and Li Xuan do strong loops so they can do it as well as the men, but they don't use it much. Yes. Interesting Interesting discussion, interesting question here. Um, so uh, my, my take on it is that basically um, the women, um, there's a couple of things. One, the power involved um, is greater. Uh, when you're u- utilizing topspin, so um, that's that's probably one of the main the main reasons. The second one is um, also to do with um, the the female brain, and the female brain isn't as good as the male brain at um, depth perception and recognizing spin. So so that's why they tend to play a little bit of a flatter type of game as well. So um, just different. Uh, makeups of the human bodies, male male body and the female body, different, and that's why they play to the the different strengths that the the females tend to have. My theory. See what you think. Interesting, Alice. I mean, I'm going to stay well away from that one because that sounds like dangerous territory to me. <laughs> well, my, wife, my wife's not home at the moment, so I'm going for it. <laughs> Indeed, but I think um, like. Fast cat, they do seem to stay closer to the table, but I still think Ding Ning and yeah, and a lot of the top women still use a lot of topspin on their forehands. Yes, so I mean, there's there's scales, you know. I mean, there's there's um, I mean, there's it's not it's not a rule, you know. So some of the females play more um, aggressive and more physical games. Um, and some females play, you know, really close to the table and a lot flatter. Um, some males play close to the table and flatter. So yeah, so I mean, it's it's all just um, on a scale. It's not like you know, this is what this is the men and this is the fe- the women, and that's how you have to play. But um, that in general, that's that's a bit of a theory. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, interesting question, Bertus. Um, now. Chi has jumped on and asked another question. Hello, so let's just get to that one. He says, can you have a bat that has a pimple rubber on both sides and is it allowed in competition? 
Yeah, it certainly is allowed. Um, a lot of players tend to have one side inverted, so, you know, a normal rubber on one side, and I'll just grab my pimple bat um, and a pimple uh, rubber on the other side. So um, what that does is it allows them the ability to attack with the inverted rubber when they get uh, more of an opportunity. So, yeah, so it's definitely allowed, um, but that's why a lot of players play with one pimple and one inverted. Um, some players play with short pimples on one side and a longer or a medium pimple on the other side as well. So, yeah, it's it just what suits your game and what suits your style. Um, so what are the most common um, combinations, Alice? Yeah, so um, as I said, like uh, in, an inverted rubber or a normal rubber, um, most players will have that on their forehand side, so even if they're using a pimple, and then they would have um, a long pimple rubber on um, the other side or a short pimple or a medium pimple on the other side. Um, some players will have short on one side and a medium, usually a medium on the other side as well if they're, if they're more of an attacking type of player. Yeah, so if you had to guess, what percentage would use the inverted on both sides? What would use one and what would use two funny rubbers? I would say that 99% of players around the world would use normal on both sides um, or inverted on both sides. Uh, and then, you know, out of the other 1%, um, probably, you know, 60 or 70% of those would use... Um, uh, no, no, wrong. Um, probably about... 30% would use short pimples, 30% would use long pimples, maybe a little bit more, 40-40, and maybe 20% would use medium pimples, something like that, yeah. There you go. Excellent. All right, next up is a question from Tam. He says, what drills do you think Tomokazu Harimoto and Mima Ito must have been doing to be so good at such a young age? Yeah, so Harry Moto's a young guy that um, had really good success. I think it was Swedish Open last year. Um, Mima Ito, we all know well, you know, doing really well on the World Tour um, uh, events, uh, runner-up in Korea, um, and there's one World Tour events as well, um, at just 14 years, 14, 15 years of age. So um, what drills have they done? You know, my... I haven't, I haven't seen their drills and what they have done, but they will do similar drills to everyone else. Just they have done it a lot. They have spent a lot of hours done, doing it, and they would have done it with really good focus as well from a really young age. So all those, all those things put together mean that they've had that bulk of training. They've had good focus. You know, they may have had other opportunities as well. Um, and that's that's why they're good. It's not like they have like these guys have done a set of different set of drills that have suddenly increased their level because otherwise everyone would be doing those drills. You know, um, the Japanese Federation wouldn't be saying, "Well, Mima Ito, you do these drills and we'll get you a lot faster." Um, but um, you know, another Japanese player, you let you can do those drills, but and you're not going to get that much better fast. I mean, yeah, it doesn't make sense. So they're just doing the same drills, doing them a lot and doing them from a really young age. Yeah, and I guess at the moment, Alice, there's no real, like you said, no real secrets that, you know, one country might have that uh, secret training methods that other people don't know about. 
And a lot of countries now, you know, allow people to come in and train together. So, you know, a lot of players might train in China. So I don't think there's any secrets anymore. So, Jeff, do you think that the Chinese have got some secret training methods? No, I don't think they do. I think they, you know, share all their training methods. I would have to agree with you. For the first time today, Jeff, I agree with you. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, there, there, there's no real secrets to what the Chinese are doing. There's a lot of Chinese players. They train really hard. They are great because they train so hard, train so well, and there are so many Chinese players. So, yeah, there's not, it's not like you know that they're doing some secret drills. It's not happening. All right. Well, thanks for the question, Tam. Now, Kustar has said, I have heard that funny rubbers are going to be banned from 2015. Is it true? Well, firstly, funny rubbers, Kustar. So what, when we talk about funny rubbers, we talk about um, long pimples usually or short pimples, usually pimple rubber or an anti-spin rubber. And some people would say that they're just not that funny at all. But... Um, but there's no, there's no talk of them being banned. They're, they're here to stay for a really long time. Um, yeah, a lot of people might wish that they were banned, but no, they're not going to be banned, cussed up. Um, and I think, that, I think they're a really interesting part of the game. It makes the game have, have some different dimensions as well. So I think they're great. Yeah, they are. And also, Alois... Once you get used to playing against them and understand what happens with the spin against those funny rubbers, it really does make it easier to play against them and, and people would enjoy it more once they just spend a bit of time understanding what happens when you play against that type of rubber. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and, it, and it's just good learning. It's just yeah, something new, something different. It's great. Just yeah, get out there and play against them, use them, see what you think. Brilliant. All right. Well, that wraps up episode 149. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Make sure you check out our website, pingskills.com, and if you haven't, sign up for our free newsletter. We send out tips on a weekly basis to help you improve your game. So, yeah, sign up at pingskills.com. Thanks again, everybody, for watching, and thank you, Alloys. Thanks, Jeff, and see you tomorrow for the big 150. Woohoo! Yeah, 150. Wow. Thanks, everyone. That's a lot. That's a big number.